to stand at the edge of the shore, looking out at the sea. That incomplete sentence is my poetic way of marking National Beach Day. Another option would be to learn about the history of the Federal Water Pollution Control Act of 1948, which would become known as the Clean Water Act in 1972 when it was amended. Those pieces of information are perhaps more relevant to the usual set of stories you'll read or hear in Charlottesville Community Engagement, a newsletter and podcast that seeks to narrate as much of the ocean as possible. On today's program, the Rivanna Conservation Alliance and the city of Charlottesville raise concerns about bacteria levels in two city streams. An expert on invasive insects provides an update on the spotted lanternfly quarantine. And planning continues for Biscuit Run and other rural area parks in Albemarle County, but one supervisor requests attention for parks in the development area. In today's first Patreon-fueled shout-out, have you been thinking of converting your fossil fuel appliances and furnaces into something that will help the community reduce its greenhouse gas emissions? Your local energy nonprofit, LEAP, has launched a new program to guide you through the steps toward electrifying your home. Thermalize Virginia will help you understand electrification and connect you with vetted contractors to get the work done and help you find any rebates or discounts. Visit thermalizeva.org to learn more and to sign up. Two waterways within the city of Charlottesville have persistently elevated bacteria levels, according to data collected by the Rivanna Conservation Alliance and shared with the city's water resources staff. Here's a section from an information release from the city of Charlottesville. Urban streams often have some water quality impairment due to the developed nature of the lands that drain into them. The Virginia Department of Environmental Quality has declared as impaired the Rivanna River, Moores Creek, Shanks Branch, and Lodge Creek due to high levels of sediment and bacteria. Ongoing monitoring by the Rivanna Conservation Alliance shows that Pollux Branch and Mead Creek both have elevated levels of bacteria following rainstorms. Pollux Branch flows underground in a pipe from the downtown mall to the Ix Art Park, after which it daylights through property owned by the Charlottesville Redevelopment and Housing Authority before getting to Morris Creek. Mead Creek is in the Belmont neighborhood between Garden Street and Walnut Street. The city and RCA are working together to identify and address the sources of the elevated bacteria levels. Until further notice, the public is advised to avoid direct contact with these streams. Elevated levels of bacteria raise the risk of illness through pathogenic organisms that may be in the water. People should not drink any of the water and should use sanitizer where water has come into contact with the skin. To learn more about how the RCA monitors bacteria levels, visit their website at rivanariver.org. In February, the Albemarle Board of Supervisors were briefed on the threat posed by the spotted lanternfly, an insect that has come to North America from Asia. Here's David Giannino, the program manager for the Office of Plant Industry Services for the Virginia Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services. 
its original uh, territory is kind of China, Southeast Asia, and it, it made its way over to the U.S. in 2014, and it made its way here hitchhiking an egg mass, well, uh, hitchhike on some landscape brick is what we believe, some landscape stone. Five years later, Virginia established a quarantine in the Winchester area because the insect had spread from its original North American foothold in Pennsylvania. Specimens were spotted in Albemarle County last July. The hope had been this winter that mitigation and treatment of sites would prevent the spread of the lanternfly and the expansion of the quarantine, but that has proven not to be the case. 13 different states now have populations of spotted lanternfly. And this particular insect, it's a plant hopper, and what it does is it's kind of like a generalist feeder. It feeds on over 100 different plant species, but it's, it's a primary concern for our wineries and vineyard industries because not only does it feed on you know, those 100 plant species, one of those plant species is grapes. Giannino said spotted lanternfly can reproduce quickly and have no natural predators. That's allowed them to spread so rapidly, raising the threat to agriculture in Virginia. So people really should be concerned because this pest is one that we're working really hard to try and slow its spread, but we do need everybody in the area engaged. This bug is bad. It, there's no benefit to this bug at all, and we want every bug to be killed, stomped, squashed, or squished. The quarantine area was expanded this past July to cover Albemarle County, Charlottesville, and many other portions in Virginia. We expanded the quarantine to include those localities where we know we have spotted lanternfly populations, where they're established and reproducing, and that those populations are within proximity to a transportation pathway. Much of the quarantine applies to commercial vehicles that transport products used on construction, where egg masses might be laid. Individuals, including yourself, are asked to check vehicles before driving to areas not within the quarantine zone. You know, if you're moving like a trailer of, of brush, we want you to look at it and make sure that if it's going outside the quarantine, that it's free of spotted lanternfly. Affected businesses have to go through a training program to ensure employees know to look for the insects. And here's a list of the prohibited materials. Any life stage of the spotted lanternfly, live or dead trees, nursery stock, green lumber, firewood, logs, perennial plants, garden plants or produce, stumps, branches, mulch, or composted or uncomposted chips, bark, or yard waste, outdoor industrial or construction materials or equipment, concrete barriers or structures, stone, quarry material, ornamental stone, or concrete, or construction, landscaping, or remodeling waste, shipping containers such as wood crates or boxes, outdoor household articles including recreational vehicles, lawn tractors or mowers, grills, grill or furniture covers, tarps, mobile homes, tile, stone, deck boards, or any equipment, trucks, or vehicles not stored indoors, any means of conveyance utilized for movement of an article, any vehicle or any trailer wagon. Stay tuned for more information here on Charlottesville Community Engagement. And you're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement and in today's second Patreon-fueled shout-out. Livable Seaville wants you to mark your calendar for tomorrow night, August 31st, for an educational talk about the next steps in the Seaville Plans Together initiative. They have invited James Fries, the city's director of Neighborhood Development Services, to talk about the rewrite of the city's zoning ordinance in an online webinar. 
The talk will include a presentation on the draft zoning diagnostic and approach report, as well as the market analysis inclusionary zoning study. The talk begins at 5.30 p.m. and will include a question and answer period. Sign up to get your place at the virtual table for Livable Seville's update and next steps for the Seville Plans Together initiative. The summer is coming to an end, which means the closure of public beaches in Albemarle County after this weekend. But the work of the county's Parks and Recreation Department never really stops. Earlier this month, the assistant director provided an update to the Places 29 Hydraulic Community Advisory Committee. We have 12 parks that are open. That's Amy Smith, the assistant director of the Parks Department. Smith said planning for the county's Biscuit Run Park slowed during the pandemic, but is now back on track as negotiations continue with the Virginia Department of Transportation for the way vehicles will travel to a new parking area. Uh, we're well into phase 1A. Um, we should have a entrance off of Avon and Route 20 um, open next fall, and we'll have probably about 12 miles of trails that have some, some trails are already existing in the parks and We'll have um, additional trails added and improvements made to trails. Planning for a maintenance facility to be part of Phase 1B will get underway this year, including planning for trails. A three-mile greenway to officially connect 5th Street Station to the park will eventually become a stone dust trail, rather than a primitive trail that's been in place for a while. That pathway will tie into what's known as the 5th Street Trails Hub, a project funded by the Virginia Department of Transportation through the Smart Scale process. So in years to come, you know, that'll be a great place for people to park and congregate, and they can either get to Biscuit Run or they can um, jump on the Rivanna Trail around the city. Smith said a perimeter trail has recently opened at Simpson Park in Esmont. We had a short segment of a trail in the woods, and then we added a stone dust perimeter trail. So it's about a third of a mile um, that circles the park. Back in December, we had a soft opening at Western Park. Um, we have a playground out at Western Park, and there's going to be some more amenities added, a picnic shelter and a stone dust path. The dog park at Dowden Tau Park has recently been expanded, and around 50 native trees were planted there to make up for over 100 ash trees that have been lost to disease. Of note, um, the trees, the Charlottesville tree stores got involved and they wrote a grant and paid for the trees. So that didn't cost the county anything to replant the trees. A four-mile extension of the Old Mills Trail on the banks of the Rivanna River is also in the works. This section would go from I-64 to a boat launch at Milton, and it's now a matter of getting agreements with property owners along the way in place. We're working with Monticello, and we're working on our easements with Monticello. Another new park that will soon open is Rivanna Village Park in the village of Rivanna Designated Growth Area, which Smith said should be complete next summer. That's where the builder of Rivanna Village is having a turnkey park for the county. They're, they're building the park and the amenities, and then they will turn over the park to us next summer. 
That will include a picnic shelter, a dog park, a small field, restrooms, and parking. So it's not just for the people who live there. People will be able to drive in and park and utilize the facilities. Members of the Places 29 Hydraulic Committee had the chance to ask questions, such as this one from Planning Commissioner Julian Bivens. Well, I had a sense that there was a, um, a gift to the county on Arrowhead Valley Road or Arrowhead Valley. I was wondering if A, I was remembering that correctly, and B, if that's true, what are, we, what are, your, are there any plans for that piece of property? Bivens referred to a 400 or so acre plot off of US 29 south of Charlottesville that's known as the William S.D. Woods Natural Heritage Area. The land was donated to the county in 2013 by a couple who have since passed. Right now, we're just holding it. It's in our CIP, but it hasn't been funded to be developed. Speaking of the capital improvement program, Supervisor Diantha McKeel noted that there is only one park inside of the county's urban ring, and that's Charlotte Humphreys Park. She said the county must prioritize building services for people in the development areas. Many of the folks that live in our community don't have the ability to ride a park bike for 15 or 20 minutes to a park or ride a bus to a park, and many of our buses don't even go to the parks. So I'm just starting to say, let's put on our radar screen that pocket parks are really important for people that live in the urban area. More on parks and recreation and community in future episodes of Charlottesville Community Engagement. But that's the end of this installment, number 424. And my quest to get this one completed by 1 p.m. this afternoon was made much more difficult by the clerk of the Board of Supervisors for Prince Edward County. In addition to this newsletter, I produce a weekly look at what's coming up at local meetings of all elected bodies in the 24 localities of Virginia's 5th Congressional District. There were none this week until I got a notice yesterday. And to learn more about that, you'll have to read today's segment in the newsletter. But today's show of this program is three segments. And two of them were based on sound. And of course, as you know, right now I'm reading from the paragraph in the newsletter that uh, you know is to all the people who have never heard the podcast. I mean, can you imagine? Charlottesville Community Engagement is the podcast. That written thing is a... Uh, I don't have to convince you. We all know the podcast is the best, but thank you to all who support the work either way and help me to keep these newsletters and podcasts coming on as frequent a basis as possible. If you would like to support the show financially to help keep my laboratory stocked with Erlenmeyer flasks, do consider a paid subscription through Substack. That's the way to go. And if you do, Ting will cover that initial payment. That means an extra $5 the first month, or $50 a year, and $200 a year if you'd like. You do get access to first look programming in the newsletter. And if you sign up through a link in the newsletter to Ting, you get a free standard installation your second month for free and a $75 downtown mall gift card. Enter the promo code COMMUNITY for full effect. And I am now at the end of the scripted part and I have just a second to be improvised and just say thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another installment. I am hoping to get this produced quickly and we shall see how it goes. I'm Sean Tubbs, the host of the program, and, um, you know, uh, say no to the lantern fly, I guess. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>